everybody, and welcome to Numbers Go Up, Fan Bites podcast about all things live games. I'm Merritt Kay, and joining me this week is Fan Bites managing editor, Stephen Strom. Hi, it's still me. Hi, yeah. And you know what? Uh, they're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and ooky. They're all together gooky. They're really yeah. go- gooky and, and derpy and, and gross. It's the Entrati family. We're talking about Warframe's Heart of Dymos expansion primarily today because this just dropped two days ago. Uh, it's the third major open world update to Warframe and it adds a whole bunch of stuff and uh, we've been digging into it for a couple of days now. Yeah, it's been fun, honestly. It's been nice to get back into Warframe and have a really good excuse to do so. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been, um, it has been pretty cool. I will say the first couple of days, a little marred by some bugs. So, yeah, listen, there's always going to be some bugs, but it does seem sometimes like, um, you know, I think we were talking about this earlier today. And um, my takeaway from this update is that, uh, DE just can really nail the feel and look of uh, of Warframe so well at this point. Like, yeah, the drift, the new open world area is my favorite area in the game. It just looks so alien and weird. And like these, uh, this kind of like level design is not new for video games. Like it's been done a lot before, but it's usually like, like a cave or like the inside of a spaceship. And there are caves on Deimos, but also you just get the surface of this world that is like just fucking gross as hell. Right. And it's got this monster mash kind of feel to it. Like I don't even, yeah. Cause it's not, it's not Tyranids and it's not Zerg, which is the easy comparison to make with like the infested, I think, which is yeah. what the zone is. But it's like got this kind of like the open air quality to it is like so many of those things like to go for like an oppressiveness that this is not really doing. This is more just like kind of relaxed infestation. It's like just spread out everywhere because it's unstoppable anyway. It's not trying to like to to, um, you know, hide you away or, or, you know, constrict you in any way, which makes sense for an open world zone. Right. It's just like just weird mountains and towers of like just skin conditions. Um, (laughs) Any, any big gross, like boil looking thing you see it, you can definitely shoot it and it pops open. And that's like the equivalent of like crates or like uh, plants that grow in uh, other open world areas in the game. Yeah. Real gross. Um, Big boogers hanging off of giant mushrooms and then you cut down the booger and it mm -hmm. explodes into a pile of like good stuff for you to put in your pockets. Yeah. Just gather, mm, mm, gather up all those resources. Mm. Um, And (laughs) yeah, the whole thing is presided over by the Entrati family who are the, like some of the, the first Orokin that we've ever actually like talked to aside from Ballas. Right. I think Who they, doesn't really we don't talk to so much no. as he kind of mocks us. <laughs> yeah, right. Ballas shows up early on in Warframe. Uh well, early on, kind of relatively speaking at this point. <laughs> but uh Ballas has on, been around for a while. Yeah, Ballas has been around for a while. But these are just actually real live working, which is kind of weird. Like 
Right. Because they're all supposed to be dead, but these guys have been hanging out on Deimos forever, maintaining the heart, which is, which somehow keeps the door between the void and a uh, real space open and is somehow tied to the Tenno powers, which is a little right. weird, but, uh, cause we kind of, did that already we did that. a little we bit. We already had a, the source of your power is under attack. And it turns out that, um, you know, that it, it's because you're not a Warframe. You're, you're uh, the operator controlling the Warframe. And that was really cool. And this is just like, uh, the source of your power is a big heart that people can just go and shoot. And then you get sick. <laughs> just blow it up. Yeah. Then, I mean... Yeah, that, which is confusing, though, because... Um, so, yeah, the story missions for Deimos, pretty brief. Um, you sort of just, like, gain the trust of the Entrati family and then um, fix the heart after it's been attacked by question marks? Do yes. We, that uh, It's new enough where I don't know if we want to spoil why the heart is under attack just yet. Right, okay. Um, but you're able to transfer into uh, the Necromech, which, um, so so your void powers as an operator aren't dependent on the heart, but the Warframes are, sort of. Yes. The way, so this is the way I've kind of come to explain it to myself, which is that the, uh, the the void is the power source. The mm-hmm. operators are the conduit, and then the warframes are like the like the prism that that power is channeled through in various ways. Interesting. Okay. So it's like a three part system here, and I think if it gets any more complicated than that, we're uh-huh. just approaching nonsense. But yeah, um, for now, I think I'm okay with this idea of just like okay, power source like focus, like the, the lens and then yeah. the, you know, the, the conduit between the two. Totally. Totally. Uh, what did you think of the Necromech? Yeah, I think it's really fucking fun. <laughs> I think it's really, <gasps> um, really weighty and yes. actually, I, I uh, yeah, so stompy, just like stompy, uh, very a, stompy. It feels, I mean, it definitely feels like they just, we're playing Warhammer one day and we're like, hey, <laughs> dreadnoughts are pretty cool. We can use that. We can have that, right? Because like uh-huh. they look like, um, so in Warhammer 40,000, there's dreadnoughts, which are the space Marines when they get really tired or sick and they have to lay down, they put them in a dreadnought. <laughs> and <laughs> it's like a kind of like living sarcophagus. Right. Uh, and then they just become this big robot. Which um, famously, um, much like a lot of things in StarCraft, Blizzard would go on to steal with the concept of the Dragoons in StarCraft, if that's a yes. point of reference people yes. understand better. Uh, I guess they did. Uh, and then orcs also have dreadnoughts. Um, I don't know if what the naming convention is, because they used to just have dreadnoughts and kill a cans. Um, yeah. But the ne- still around. Okay, yeah. The Necromax look like the, the body shape of a kill a can with like the styling of the Adeptus Astartes because they're like, you know, but the, the Oregon kind of have that styling too of like the guilt stuff. Um, but there's like a skull in it. So it's like, it it looks looks like a, to me like a whole skeleton hanging out in like a big blanket. It's a real Warhammer ass, like (laughs) grim darkness of the future shit. And, um, (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I'm getting a I'm getting a note here. It says, ah, yeah, there is only war. Oh, damn. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, there's only Warframe. I saw a great uh, meme the other day that was like, like, um, uh, 30th century, like 30th uh, millennia. Like there is some, there's no war. There's some war. There's mostly <laughs> war. There is only war. <laughs> Um, that's really good yeah but the necromax are, are really cool i haven't actually ranked up enough with the entrati to play around with them after that because you get to basically try them out in a story mission when your warframe gets uh gets sick and then you have to go into necromech um but then later on you can build your own and like customize it yeah and do all kinds of shit the problem <laughs> is that that stuff along with the uh, Warframe power infusion, which is tied to the Helminth, is all gated behind standing. And uh, I haven't ranked up past neutral yet because, um, first of all, we can talk about the whole standing concept and system, which I think is a little rough. Um, But uh, specifically, there were a lot of bugs early on preventing oh, yeah. you from gaining standing. So on the, when the heart of demos dropped, you needed to do conservation stuff, but then you couldn't actually do it because you needed a high enough rank to like get the bait. And then they fixed that. But then there's still a bug as of this recording, as far as I'm aware, where um, you, to get a rank up from neutral, you need a fish part. And um, like servo cervical uh, spine you or need something? a spinal core from a, a certain kind of fish that is a rare fish that you have to go into a cave and drop lures and then catch or sometimes you can get it from events um and from crates around the world but uh i cut a bunch of these fish open and didn't get anything Right. And so that was also bugged. That was bugged. So it was like, okay, so there's a progression stopping bug here. That's rough. Um, yeah. And then I think you need to be level three with uh, the Entrati family to get the helmet stuff. I don't yes. know about the Necromech. I bet it's higher than three. <laughs> yeah. It's very high. So you've been playing Warframe longer than I have. Um, what is your take on the whole standing thing? Because for me, it is... It's one of the more unpleasant grinds of the game. Yeah. And it's one reason why uh, I just haven't done a lot of Orvalis stuff. And I, you know, when I look at it and uh, like there are some things that are tied to to standing with uh, certain factions. And those are usually the ones that I'll spend platinum on. So like um, something like, uh, what's his name? Not Oberon. Um, the monk Warframe. Oh, Baruch. Baruch. Uh when I saw that Baruch was tied to the second faction. Yeah, which is even a, hard, requires you to max out your standing with one faction yes, and then yeah. requires even more faction grinding that's even harder to do. Right. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy Baruch and then I'll just, <laughs> you know, I don't mind just like farming parts for Warframes and stuff. But um, when I have to do that, it's like, that's, ah. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. It's a free-to-play game, and there's always going to be things that are gated behind, like, a lot, a lot of grinds. But the standing grind just can feel really unrewarding to me. Yeah. 
Uh, I would 100% agree with you. I think that is probably between like that and the kind of disconnected nature of a lot of activities in the game. I think those are maybe two of the most unpleasant things uh, in Warframe. And I think they're pretty closely connected um, just by virtue of the fact that standing grind it will get you some stuff sometimes, but usually the open world stuff is fairly disconnected from things like void relics. You can maybe get a void relic, but you can't do void fissures or anything like that and farm for prime parts on uh, an open world. You can't do railjack stuff uh, from the open world. You can't do mm-hmm. arcwing really other than just like using your arcwing to get around. So when you do that, it's it's A, you're um, kind of locking yourself out of getting a bunch of other stuff you might want in the game, and at the same time, just making a number go up. A number go up that you can only get up so high per day, because there's a 24-hour cap on how much standing you can accrue. Yeah. Um, so it's just a very artificial, very blunt, I think is a way that you phrased some other things like this in the past, like a very blunt way of handling the what I imagine is a very difficult problem to solve, which is that they don't want people to jump in and beat everything in this expansion in 24 hours. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, now what they've done is they've. I don't know. How would you describe the token system? Would it's like abstracted it out even further? Yeah, it's really overwhelming at first, and it's actually not that confusing when you get down to it. But basically, so like every member of the Entrati family handles a different aspect of the open world. So the son handles the conservation, daughter handles uh, fishing, and so on. Um, and you get right. tokens for doing each of their things. So, like, you turn in those tokens to grandmother to get standing. And I think each of the tokens is worth a different amount of standing. Or, like, okay. or you might need specific tokens to rank up at certain points. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it's like, because, because it's like um, on Venus, right? Where you. Like you could turn in debt bonds for standing, but then at certain yeah. points you needed debt bonds to rank up as well. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then with this, so this is a pretty hard turn from what Warframe has done in the past. And I think it's a, again, I think it's a, a move where the heart is in the right place um, because previously, you know, what you did to gain standing in Warframe was uh, you just ran these same, like, four combat bounties over and over and over and over and again, and got the same rewards over and over and over and over again. Um, now you are... I, I, in theory, I like the idea of the tokens, because um, it allows you to uh, much more easily and much more simply engage with all of the different um, side activities on the planet to gain standing and not just do combat bounties if you don't want to. Yeah. But... Yeah, but um, at least at launch, they have actually, like, within hours after launching the update, they actually eased back these restrictions. Uh, At launch, in order to gain anything at all, any kind of, like, rank with the place to basically start unlocking the rest of your grind on the planet, um, you needed to do the fishing, which was bugged, Mm -hmm. and the conversation, the conservation, (laughs) which is the, like, least engaged with element oh of warframe God. yeah it's Everybody just like not it. <laughs> it's just not that interesting i don't know like i don't care about like hunting little critters and i hate in open world areas when you know some aoe attack hits some 
like rabbit and then some man scolds me for killing yeah, a rabbit exactly. and it's like i'm sorry i'm like a like a superpowered demigod uh-huh. uh some rats are going to be set on fire by my like void <laughs> flames okay like it's going to happen so you need to just deal with that and get off my fucking back about this exactly god um, but yeah, also the, the conservation, God, you keep uh, almost saying conversation and fuck, I wish there was a conversation <sighs> minigame thing where you're just like, just having fucking weird talks with like these half plant people about their family problems. Yeah. Like, just give just me more dialogue trees. Put Griftlands in this game. Just have a fucking like uh, scene where you have to just like talk up your way to like. No, you should give me twenty seven thousand standing right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. That's, uh, put you know, put another game in Warframe. Um, yeah, why not? They, they put uh, they put MechWarrior in now. So yeah. uh, put Griftlands in too. Um, but ba- yeah, the the uh, conservation stuff is so over designed. I think it's um, mm. you. You have to uh, find your specific target, use a very specific kind of like duck call for them, basically Uh, wait for them to respond, find out what direction they're in by like moving the mouse up and down to determine like how far away they are from you. Jesus, really? Oh, yeah. I just occasionally Uh, will see something and then fire a tranquilizer dart at it. And it's like, (laughs) hey, thanks for sending me this weird dog snake. Like. Yeah, th- thanks for fultoning me, this fucking yeah. animal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, well, then once you find the thing by like playing this like little audio based mini game, you have to like hunt its tracks and then get Christ. close and then get stealthy because if you take too long or if it takes damage or if it sees you, um, you get a lower grade of hunt thing. So, or if it take you know if an enemy ends up hitting it or you hit it. Uh, it's just a real pain in the ass and it sucks and nobody ever engages with it, which is why I would assume that um, Digital Extremes was kind of keen to basically just make players do it at least once with this whole, um, you know, forced system. Uh, but then they took it out like 12 hours after the update came out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that system is still there, but it's no longer a requirement to get past the first level of um, reputation with this faction. Yeah. See, like, I don't, mind fishing i don't really love it and i kind of wish it weren't mandatory for anything but like that's the tough thing in any game i guess right is if you're adding optional things then you know if people don't want to engage with them then there's like it's like to me it's kind of like gambit in destiny Mm. where it's like this other mode that is just like no very few people that I know like Gambit right now. And I have been someone who actually really loved it at some points. Yeah. But same. it's just so broken and they keep trying to push it as like this third pillar. It's like right there next to like Strikes and Crucible. And it just oh, yeah. isn't. It's just not that. But then they keep being like, okay, well, fuck. Um, yeah, you have to do 10 Gambit rounds for your armor for Solstice. Uh-huh. And to me, that's kind of similar. Just so long. It's very long. Thankfully, after you do the first one, uh, the others are shorter. But if you're only doing the one, wow, 10, it's so many. Um, it's kind of like that, right? Because it's like this other activity that isn't really anyone's primary reason for engaging with a game. Although in this case, conservation, I would argue, is even 
more out there because it's it doesn't even involve like the main actions or verbs of the game. It's like totally different. It's not like you're just shooting and jumping around in a different context. You're like hunting an animal with a trank gun and what? Okay. Also, you're still in the open world and there's still all these fucking monsters trying to kill you. Yeah. Like (laughs) exactly. That is, I think you, you've kind of um, walked into one of my chief problems with the conservation stuff, which is, with the mining and the fishing, I don't mind really at all because they are so low impact and they mm-hmm. are things I can do between bounties or while yeah. I'm walking around. It's not going to hinder me or punish me for fighting people that way. Conservation in this game, if you are getting into fights, the animals are hearing you, you are losing track of them, you're getting lower grades, it is actively punishing you for playing Warframe at that point. Um, in theory, like the idea that like there's hunting in this game and it's like, all non-lethal and that you're like trying to find these samples and send them back to yeah. people. That's cool. I, I like that in theory. Yeah, it's just yeah. that the way it's implemented is just poor. No, yeah. Like I'm not saying, you know, like don't add these other systems. It's just that if you're adding a system that isn't related to the core loop of the game, then either you have to make it compelling enough that people want to do it um, or don't force people to do it because like Mm -hmm. the solution of just saying like, well, you have to do this thing. It's just like, it just makes people resent having to play the game, like having to do that stuff. And it's right. It's bad. Um, So I don't know. I mean, it's there. It, it's there. I mean, they 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 took it out as a requirement for the for the uh, initial stuff at the very least. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. But I would say the rest. I would say about ninety percent of the rest of this um, update so far is very cool. Yeah. No. I've been uh, I've been really enjoying it. I will say. Yeah. I, I need to do the standing stuff to get access to Hellmanth. Uh, I'm also not even master rank 15 yet. I've been <laughs> grinding that up. I'm almost at 14. I think 15 is the requirement to mess around with Helminth. Um And then obviously there's going to be resource drains to, uh, to right. feed it stuff and to change abilities around. But I'm pretty excited to start trying that stuff. <sighs> so exciting. Because, yeah, being able to... to switch around abilities and it is limited. So like each Warframe only has one ability that can be extracted and put onto something else. And I think it's there two for most of them. Okay. Um, but uh, also th- whatever augment mod is exclusive to that ability can also now be equipped yes. to that character. Yeah. So is cool. Yes. Um, but that it's a very cool idea. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah. More customization. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh, I had something that I wanted to talk about, um, from all of this. Oh, um, the stuff that they do with the storytelling in this, mm. uh, which we just kind of experienced this morning is really neat. Um, rather than just like, Hey, you've come to this place, uh, play the initial story mission and then you're done. And then maybe we'll have some side quests that take place and involve these characters later on, which is mm-hmm. what they did with Planes of Eidolon. Um, and we'll have a secret faction for you eventually that will give you some weird powers, um, which is the case in both of the other two zones as well. Right. But the really cool thing I noticed this morning was once you start ranking up, they have entire cutscenes between the different Entrati, membly, Entrati family members that play once you rank up. Um, that kind of like show them interacting with each other. 
Right. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like it sort of changes the world as mm-hmm. you, uh, as you work with them. It is weird that you're working with Oregon. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not bad and like, it's, it's interesting, but it is very strange. And like, they're kind of like surprisingly chill, I guess, because they're just like half plant people and they like, don't really have a lot going on. Um, right. They're not going to tell you to fuck off or whatever it is. I do like, I mean, all of them, I feel like are, interesting characters like even just the the little taste you get from the first couple story missions is like they're all like really distinct personalities like mother is just like really put upon and just like uh (laughs) exhausted father is just like nobody listens to me oh my god i'm so grumpy um i just want to play with my big mech just why can't people let me play with my big mech (laughs) like they all suck in like distinct ways though um except grandmother who is fucking great um, yeah, she's so I, cool. I mentioned this this morning, but when they first mentioned grandmother, I'm like, oh, grandmother's going to be like a withered Palpatine figure. And then grandmother <laughs> shows up and just looks like any other organ, except she's bald and has like a little flapper style headband on. And it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. hello there, dearie. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, hell yeah. This fucking rules. Uh, can I get you some Kubra doodles? I would love to. Um, yeah. <laughs> the only characters I don't care for in the uh, in this expansion are uh, Otek and Lloyd. Yeah. They just couldn't. They just they just never quit, huh? They just um, never, you just never quit, do you? <laughs> because made a funny robot, made an alternate personality for him, <laughs> and now like, I hear about all the good <laughs> you and your operator are doing out there Jesus. in the Cambia Drift. <laughs> it's just another robot with another robot personality like yeah okay it's two robots stuck in one robot body and then for some reason they carved another face on the other side of the robot so it like spins around when otak talks but lloyd is just like i'm a polite robot and then otak is like i'm a dumb robot like (laughs) stop talking to me i wish i could turn individual npc voices off and actually they were bugged for about a day and they have fixed this since but when you're doing a um I think it was a digging mission or something or no. Yeah. Something like that. Their, okay. their dialogue would loop like indefinitely. Oh no. So it would just be one of them would say something. The other one would say something and it would go back to the first one saying something else. And then it would just like loop forever. And uh, that's just their personality. You know, that's just the life that they live. It's just kind of this infinite loop with those two. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You just Listen, get to look at how they War- are. Warframe already has one funny, like, you know, fragmented robot and there's an in-lore reason for it. And it's actually interesting. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't care. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. And I didn't care for him at first, but then when I learned all that stuff, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. You actually had a reason for doing this instead of just like, ha ha trope of like, you know, (laughs) like split personality AI. Um, and then they just did another one. They did, and I, I'm, I'm glad that they're not, like, they don't really appear to be vendors in any way that you're kind of, like, interacting with on a regular basis. They just kind of chime in for flavor, mostly. Yeah. No, they do have... They, they do, do have mining. Tokens, they? they do mining stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a funny robot at Orb Vallis, too, says uh, Little Jordo, it sounds like. I'm trying to think of who that might be. Who's that? Um... The kit gun robot. Oh, the kit gun person. That, oh, that's not a robot. That's a yeah. human. <laughs> yeah, she's a person and she uh, is just on the phone, I think, talking to someone yeah. else. Yeah. She's she's like talking to some character off screen, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, the uh, one thing I will say for like other new characters that are not super major people in in uh, Heart of Dimos is a lot of the bounties have you interacting with just like Grenier and Corpus and oh, stuff, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, no, I did one where uh, there was some Corpus researcher, and he's just like, I hate it here. It sucks. <laughs> it's like, there's all kinds of weird towers and stuff, but then, and especially the monsters. Mainly the monsters are the worst part. <laughs> there's a lot of monsters. I'm like, why did you come to Monster World? Uh-huh. Hey, uh, a, a Dragon Boy, or what the fuck, never, that Sega Genesis game is called. Why did you come oh, to Monster, Monster World? <laughs> Monster yeah. Boy, why did you come to Monster World? If you hate <laughs> monsters. Um, yeah, and I got one where it was a it was a Grenier who had been like, he seemed like he was a, a free Grenier who uh, was a mercenary that the Entrati called down to kind of like do some odd jobs for them. And he was like, hey, you go there and you save him. And he's like, hey, thanks for saving me. Hey, like, since I've got you here anyway, what if we kind of like make a little game out of killing some infested and you basically race him to see whether your team of uh, Warframes can kill more infested faster than his team of uh, random fuckos. And uh, let me tell you, that's not a hard <laughs> objective. <laughs> Just uh, random Grenier grunts. Uh-huh. But it's, you yeah. know, it's a fun little interaction. Like, no, that's it fits cool, though, with their yeah. personality. I like it. That's cool. Even, I love anything in Warframe where you get to interact with uh, with characters that you normally don't get to. Yeah, it fleshes out the world so much. That was the that was the pitch behind Planes of Eidolon the first time, was they were always talking about how, yeah, the Lotus has a couple lines of dialogue about how you're saving humans in X place or Y place, but we've never really seen just a bunch of humans in one place at once. So here you go, <laughs> and here's Planes of Eidolon, here's uh, Cetus. Uh, I like that. It adds context. Yeah, and, uh, and humans on Cetus like to hang out and wear weird hats. And uh, kind of just sort of fuck around and, I don't know, sell fish, buy fish, cut fish. No one's quite sure what they do. Um, the newest Nightwave actually has some stuff about their like, oh, culture. Oh, yeah. It. It's been fun. I really, really need to do the, all the Nightwave stuff because oh, yeah. <laughs> I have not even finished the first one. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just uh, haven't gotten around to it. Do you want to talk about Zaku? Yeah. The newest Warframe. They seem really fun to play. They seem cool. They're, I think you're the only one who's actually played. Yeah, I just bought Zaku because I, again, didn't want to go through the standing grind. And uh, I think right. for Zaku, you need parts from the Orb Valis, like from Orb Mothers and stuff. And I don't have oh. that. For Zaku, Zaku's, uh, maybe they've added it to that as well. But in Zaku, you just get it from... Um, uh, you get parts from bounties in uh, Dimos. Oh, uh, no, I mean to actually build the parts, though. Oh, to, for the need, blueprints. I think you need, you need the. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was like, mm, I'm just going to buy Zaku, I think. Uh, and then yeah. I'll go back to farming the parts for like old primes and stuff because I actually like doing that. Uh, yeah, Zaku is interesting i don't know that they're going to be like one of my go-tos um mm. i love their design their design is yeah. just like really cool they Same. there's so much yeah. detail in just like even the idle animations um they're one of the frames that has a special dodge animation like limbo and a few others like Wisp, uh, i think also has one yeah where they just kind of like their pieces all shift around and they just like phase in a direction um 
I love that they have just like the, it's like they're held together by those, um, those weird plants that grow um, in Oricon structures. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Those like, yeah, those white ghost plant things. Yeah. 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 Uh, I never, I actually didn't notice that until you just said that, that that's what I those look like. But yeah, that's what they, they, they do look like that. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same thing, but um, their concept too, that they were like, uh, of some kind of void uh, amalgamation of failed warframes is a cool idea. And they're really unique in that they can do void damage. Um, and so they are right. the second warframe that can reset sentient ability or sentient defenses. Uh, Excalibur Umbra had that war cry ability that did that, but uh, Zaku just straight up does void damage and so can is just gonna tear sentience apart which is cool because i fucking hate sentience right yeah <laughs> they're uh-huh. so fucking annoying to fight um thankfully we haven't had to fight them much yet but i bet yeah. that this ongoing story we're in right now called the new war the is new probably war. gonna make them <laughs> important yeah definitely so yeah zaku's abilities like uh their one just basically adds void damage to their weapons their two uh, does the Magneto thing of stealing people's guns. <laughs> uh, it makes it float behind their head and then yeah. they just shoot in random directions, which I think is just very funny. There are three cycles between, like, it, the idea is that it's supposed to cycle between the three abilities that would have been the abilities of the Warframes that made it up. Um, that made them up. Sorry, I, I call a lot of, like, whenever I'm referring to Warframes, I often just end up calling them it because I think of it, it as, yeah. like, a, a Warframe and not a person. And so I, I don't mean if that, you know. Um, that is the other kind of weird thing about Zaku is that they're an amalgamation of three different Warframes. And um, so they're kind of this uh, Frankenstein's monster created by the Void. But... DE has kind of positioned them as like the first non-binary Warframe and uh, two, I would say, mixed results. Yeah, I'm not like thrilled with a lot of the. It's such a weird bag of, of things going on here because I think basically everything about Zaku is really cool to me uh, and I was very excited for them up to launch. It's just one of those things where uh, if you include Primes and Umbra, there are 74 Warframes in Warframe right now. And this is the first one that like has they, them and not she, her or uh, he, him. And for people and- who don't know, like I assume, you know, if you're listening to this, but like there is an in-world reason why Warframes have genders. Like you might be yeah. like, they're just weird robots. Like, no, there is actually read the lore Bible. Read the lore. Will you please? Uh, you know, they do just be people mostly. They are um, people who were turned into weird robot monsters. So, um and head personalities of their own um and with zaku like it's one of those things and i I note this in my write-up which i need still need to go update because of all the hotfixes that they've deployed um they um they kind of beat their chest over not beat their chest exactly but they definitely like made a note in their press releases around this stuff like hey this is the first gender neutral warframe like we we are finally doing that sort of thing there was back in the day equinox was uh like heavily theorized and i think in early development logs they referred to equinox as they but then switched to she mm-hmm. uh when equinox came out 
And yeah, everything about Zaku is really, really cool individually. It's just a system where uh, if there was like, you know, two or three uh, nine binary Warframes in Warframe uh, and Zaku wasn't the like one and only piece of representation for that like person um, or that like entire subgroup of person um, and then didn't have their entire identity and like um, gender and gender identity tied to being a plural group of people and uh, having it tied to this weird trauma of a experiment gone wrong or like a like a anomaly gone wrong and everything like that and it's just like shorn up from from this weird frankenstein of things um mm-hmm. if, if it, all that stuff wasn't tro- directly tied to it and if it wasn't the first and only one of these characters like this it would be a very different story um but it is and it's just kind of shitty i guess it just kind of sucks it's not like i'm i'm I'm, you know gonna lose any sleep over it but it's just a little bit of a bummer when they kind of had a bit of a slam dunk lined up and they could have just said yep zaku is just zaku or Mm -hmm. like there's another way you can write this and make them even if they make them the the frankenstein thing and this is what i assumed actually ahead of release uh was that zaku was like damaged or something like that and just took Mm. chunks of other warframes and like repaired themselves Um, but no, it's, it's literally that they are a plural, they, not a singular, they, which brushes into some like problems with like how non-binary people, um, often refer to themselves and how uh, a lot of people who, uh, want to be really shitty about that, uh, will argue up semantics and syntax around the use of, of the singular they and stuff like that. And it is kind of like a very clear inflection point for a lot of people in that way that uh, this uh, kind of runs into some pretty easily avoidable friction with, I feel. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just a it's just a bummer. I wish it was a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. I still want to get them. I still want to play with them. Um, I think that there's, you know, room for DE to do more and better with the this particular character, even. Who knows? But uh, we'll, we'll find out I, over time. Yeah, again, like, I love the design. Um, I uh, customized my Zaku. Like, I feel like um, Zaku's model takes um, alternate colors really well. And mm, yeah. has some, I always love a frame with some metallic pieces in it because mm. those, uh, I always want to say shade, but like the, you know, they, they, um, <laughs> to use the destiny parlance, they shade really well. And some of the early Warframes, I feel like they don't take different colors very well because they end up just looking like kind of Play-Doh-y. Yeah. I feel like yeah. yeah. The, the texture maybe isn't really there to make them, uh, look good with like other colors but uh definitely zaku is one that looks pretty cool and i even actually found some armor pieces that look uh good on them nice uh, and um <laughs> which when they use their alt all get blown off uh, uh no the armor pieces stay on which wait. is weird yeah because when zaku zaku's alt uh blows it up and <laughs> creates this big void explosion and then uh, turns God, them into a, f- a skeleton, like mm-hmm. a really scary looking skeleton <laughs> that <laughs> I just hate. 
this it's disgusting just little freak. It's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's like there's no movie lately where you get to go see a truly disgusting little freak. So right, um, <laughs> you can't go to the theaters anymore. Yeah, the poor frame was like, we got you. We're, yeah, here's your golem. Here's your dolly. <laughs> Uh, actually, what they remind me of is in Beast Wars. This is a reference that like two people are going to get in Beast Wars. <laughs> I already were, know what you mean. <laughs> there is a uh, an episode where a uh, a transformer landed on Earth and got damaged and was like this horrible little freak. And uh-huh. I feel like it was a metaphor for like. I don't even know what they were going for, but they were like, wouldn't it be fucked up if a transformer got all sick and then didn't have an alt mode? And it was just, um, what was it called? Proto something. Oh God. That's uh reaching back. I remember rat trap. Uh, I remember oh, Cheetor, Optimus primal Cheetor, rat trap. Dinobot because he was just Dinobot. <laughs> uh, uh, Senator rat trap says shirt. <laughs> Beast Wars uh, ruled. Beast uh, yeah, was very good. Uh, um, I learned. I just learned. This is completely off topic. I just learned like three days ago that there was a interquel Beast Wars like two that took place between Beast Wars and Beast Machines that only mm, came out in Japan that we never got, and I was really yeah, pumped. yeah. Um. Uh. Uh, you know, okay. The problem is now when you do search beast mode, it does mostly come up with Marshawn Lynch related. Uh, so please make a beast wars Marshawn Lynch. He's a trans metal. He turns into a Marshawn Lynch. He turns into a, I don't know, like a Lamborghini and a, Oh, what's a good let's what's a good what do trans metals usually turn into animals right the uh what would Marshawn Lynch's beast mode be oh transmutate is uh is what it was called I think and it was just the worst to look at like it's it was so fucking scary well the I, I might be thinking of a different thing because like the the trans metals were the ones that were the trip it was the beast wars equivalent no, of a triple changer yeah 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 no but this thing's okay. called transmutate also oh, i've no. uh, i've remembered that the transformers oh, you have your thing so. yeah i've remembered that the transformers wiki is uh very good in that whenever they post a screen cap um they have uh text underneath it and it's always very good um, yeah. So, like, they have one picture of transmutate here, and it just says, "I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo." <laughs> uh, there is definitely some that just have so. Like, I've seen a few pages on this wiki when I was into Transformers briefly for a few months. That was just uh-huh. all King of the Hill quotes. <laughs> of course, yes, beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, it look. Um, eh, that Zaku is the Dobby like, of Beast Wars. Zaku looks like that. If Google Google transmutate Beast Wars, yeah, I just hate. I just hate. Uh, I just hate them. They're they're terrible to see. And now uh, the now the trans metals. Now that was a concept that I could get behind. Now Rat we trap turned are, into a motorcycle. He did. He super super <laughs> did. Um, but I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Zaku. Oh my the, uh, god. No. Yeah. Uh, one more. We're just gonna post one more pic of transmutate in the uh, the chat so you oh, can good. see. Oh good. Yes. Um, nom 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 nom. Let me feast. Um, 
Oh, no, I hate it. Uh, Yeah, she sucks to look at. She's very bad. Put it away. No, thank you. (laughs) Scared me very much. Reboot ass motherfucker, says Jordan. Correct. Oh, my God. Uh, Um, Yeah, yeah, Zaku is cool. I will have to play around more with them. I don't even have their alts unlocked yet, so... I'm going to mess uh, with them too. And, um, you know, despite my, my, I think minor misgivings with it or, or my deep read, I guess is actually what I would say. Uh-huh. Uh, I still want to play with them because I do think everything else about them, the idea of an expl- like a self-destructing Frankenstein mech, uh, that their passive ability is that just because they're full of holes, they have a 25% chance of dodging bullets. <laughs> Yeah, because enemies yeah. just miss because they shoot through the holes on their body. <laughs> um, like that's really good. Uh, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I what, else? Most what else? I mean, there was the new player experience thing. I guess new- I haven't tried that yet. Have you? Yeah, I played through it. Uh, it's basically just a much more like a much nicer looking and much uh, probably much smoother version of the like old new player experience um, that maybe leans a little bit more into the story stuff and kind of hints at things that are going on in the world a little bit better. Mm. Um, But it, but mostly it is pick one of these three warframes, pick the uh, machine gun or the bow, pick the shuriken or the pistol, pick the blah, 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 blah. Uh, Captain Vore shows up. He puts the Ascaris negator on your leg. Um, You, kill a bunch of dudes uh there's maybe more to it after that because the way for me it was already counted as completed because i've already deep into warframe yeah um so when i was done like you know that cutscene ends with you getting ordis and i'm wearing the ascaris negator and everything um and i go off into space and normally the what you then do is like it teaches you how to use your foundry to uh remove the ascaris and all that stuff but you, yeah. for me that stuff just didn't happen like it would just right. like kicked me back to playing as wukong prime and i was good oh, okay so maybe there's more to the tutorializing in there in some fashion but the opening intro thing is just kind of a prettier version of the existing tutorial Mm. I don't know if it's going to help people understand um, prime part farming. Yeah, that was my question is whether or not it would actually like explain the world or like what anything is or... It does, um, it, it has a bunch of shots of like the old war. It, it opens with that um, Dan Trachtenberg cutscene now, oh. um, that, that pre-rendered thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which shows the the Warframes fighting in the old war and um, basically saying like, hey, you killed the Eurokan. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, it does heavily imply the thing about that, like you are a child inside of the robot body because that whole video has that like basically has a, an operator um, undergoing transference to pick the Warframe that you want as your uh, starting class. Hmm. which is definitely different. But other than that, I don't know if it's going to like be a super good entry point in terms of mechanics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's most of, I think that's most of this update other than just like, you know, there was some cool like little, little tweaks like mag has like a um, localized magnetized that is in that, that was originally shown in that Dan Trachtenberg video mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. 
Um, now she can do that where she can like hold a big bubble of energy in front of her and enemies will throw, they'll shoot at her and all of the bullets will just like get caught up into this little bubble she holds. And then she can just like release it and fire like a big shotgun blast of all the enemies bullets back at them, yeah. which is a neat power. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think that's about it for Warframe. Um, in destiny news real quick, there's a new stasis video that was released at GameCom. And doesn't really tell us how they work. Uh, we get names for the uh, the abilities. So the hunter is called Revenant. The Titan is Behemoth, and the warlock yeah. is Shadebinder. Uh, Shardbinder was it Shadebinder uh, or Shadebinder? Shadebinder. Okay. So Shardbinder might be a thing from a different game. Shard- I actually, come to think of it, I I think a Shardbinder is what they're called in that fucking um, fake. Symphony of the Night game, Bloodstained. I uh, think that's what magic people are I called see. in that. Uh, Jordo just says Shart Binder, which is Paul. <laughs> that's not Paul Blart Mall Shart Binder. Binder. <laughs> uh, Paul Blart Binder. Basically, other than that, nothing. Uh, they are changing the ornament glows. So if you were one of those people who bought the uh, ornament glows that were tied to Super for your Solstice armor. They are increasing the glow after uh, people were really upset about that. And uh, there is a slight change coming to sleeper nodes in that uh, they're adding essentially bad luck protection to sleeper nodes. So if you haven't done those yet and you're going to work on them before November, it'll be a little easier now. So that's something. Which is a real bummer for me because I just opened 40 sleeper nodes like (laughs) two weeks ago. Oh, and hey, Merciless works again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Merciless works again. Uh, hey, Merciless works again. Hey, remember Merciless? Merciless in the house. <laughs> Merciless <laughs> not in the house. Um, You're nowhere. Although, actually, no, I don't think this is going to be the case until September 8th. So Merciless, I think, does not work until then. Um, That's basically it. That's really the, That was the. That's it. Um, were we going to talk about, I forget, were we going to talk about the other thing? The other thing about the podcast? The other destiny, the other destiny thing. What was the uh, other destiny thing? The, uh, the, would you call it a leak? Would you call it a, Oh, NDA? yeah. Um, so I don't know if we need to go. Yeah. Like, the long, and, super long, but like the long and short of it is that a YouTuber, um, who was it? Aztec Cross, a very prominent Destiny YouTuber. Right. Uh, may have broken NDA. Uh, apparently, there was a Destiny content creator summit. Um, this was, what, a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago? I could have sworn he said it was last September. Okay, yeah. So, a while ago. seems like a long time ago, yeah. Uh, so, maybe the NDA expired. Who knows? But if so, it's weird that we haven't heard from more people about this. <laughs> Uh, as, I mean, he in the video says, I, I don't know if I'm breaking any NDAs or anything like that. He does say that in the video. It's a good thing to know. It's a good thing to know. Yeah. But you should check that. You should probably check that, my man. Um, but essentially saying that the um, the Destiny Content Vault is not where old content goes to die. It is where content goes to be reworked and updated, which, yeah, I mean, it's not called the Content Graveyard. So I think right. a lot of us kind of expected this, that it would be rotated yeah. in and out in a similar way to we, the uh, prime vaults in Warframe. 
Yeah. But we talked about this a little bit on um, that Houndish episode of Numbers Go Up as well, I think. Right, right. But uh, he said specifically that one of the reasons that they were pulling things out was to update them and potentially create open world areas that supported like a hundred players at once. Yeah, which going deeper into the MMO style thing. Right, right. Because we we had some quotes from Luke Smith asking like, well, why do you want Destiny 3? And people are like, well, more customization, more MMO type stuff. And it sounds like this is kind of maybe what direction they're going in. Right. And specifically, I think in that video, he also says like, like Europa would be our first like major taste of what a Destiny 3 like zone means mm. for Destiny 2. Basically just kind of like, yeah, the, this is them doing Destiny 3, but it doesn't make any sense to like launch an entirely new product to like rework the engine because yeah. at the you know, they probably just don't have the resources to do such a thing. But also when you do that, you have your Destiny 2 problem of like yeah. vanilla Destiny 2 was just so light on stuff at launch. Right, um, right. So it seems like we may be moving towards sort of like a grand unified destiny of bringing in more D1 content um, right. and and unifying that with D2 and then sort of upgrading it all. The thing with Destiny that's weird is like, Everyone has been like Destiny 3, Destiny 3. For a long time, I've kind of thought like there's no way that that's happening because, yeah, A, they don't have the resources, I don't think, and B, um, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Like you don't release sequels to MMOs. You typically, I mean, right. sometimes eventually you do, but mostly you just update them. And the th reason why I, f like, I think that's becoming increasingly true for Destiny Um in the past, I think they could have made the argument that, well, there isn't that much customization. Yes, you had to work to get all this stuff, but at the end of the day, it is still just a um, like an action shooter. And so starting a new game where you, you, know, you don't have all those things is just like any other action shooter game. But as they've like right. increased these like RPG elements and like made it a little bit more MMO like, I think it's pretty clear that they are moving away from that philosophy and towards like a, this is a platform that we are going to update and add things to and revise. Yeah. I mean, I would hope that that maybe includes a little bit more variety and some stuff beyond just like, um, just shooting things. Like I, right, some of the yeah. examples that were, yeah. Like some of the examples given in that video were like, well, you know, Final Fantasy 14 has crafting and housing and, you know, beyond just raids, um, you had like, you know, a bunch of different dungeons and open world zones and mounts and unlocking different things with those mounts and all this other stuff. Whereas with uh, Destiny, it's like basically go into a room and shoot people. Yeah. Um, all the time. Right. And Jordo does point out that the original agreement with Activision was for four games over 10 years, which they did not meet first off, um, at all. Like the, that got, that arrangement got changed even while they were still with Activision, but also now they've, they have bought themselves out of that agreement too. So yeah, like, um, they no longer have to keep pumping out sequels if they don't want to. Uh, I think the the problem then is, or the maybe not even problem, but just like the the uh, the hope, I guess, for me is by reworking this old content. Hopefully, that means that they are 
rejiggering all of the back end stuff mm. on this content piece by piece to make it easier to update and change yeah. in that like classic way that destiny has not been ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in an odd place. I think um, it's a, ga- a game that so. wants to become an MMO, but in the past has not really been able to do that because the, uh, the back end physics calculations are so much more com- I mean, destiny has physics. <laughs> like a lot of MMOs right. simply don't. Um, yeah, you don't even have collision detection in a lot of MMOs. Exactly, between other exactly, and that's one reason why Destiny's uh, like world player count has always been so low, and why it's always been so instanced. Um, at the same time, if you start, if now it's like okay, well, the technical barriers to that are being removed, um, then it just becomes an MMO with very little, <laughs> with very little to do besides shooting. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's something that's this weird balance that needs to be maintained. Totally. Uh, I think the other uh, pillar of this conversation from that video, and I think the one that people were mad about, and if I was Bungie, the thing that I would be the most mad about somebody coming out and saying without like a very strict sort of marketing plan behind it, uh, one of the things that was mentioned was that like this might mean almost certainly not with Beyond Light. We would know about it by now if that was the case, but maybe next expansion or the expansion after that, uh, discontinuing support for new content for PlayStation, vanilla PlayStation 4 and Xbox One users, uh, which is a thing that Destiny has done in the past. Destiny with Rise of Iron, the, the fat last paid expansion for Destiny 1, that, that only came out on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One versions of that game. It did not come out on PS3 be- specifically because those developing for those old platforms was holding them back um, from doing interesting things. Like one of the big examples that people use is the big kind of like Mad Max murder run death Zamboni thing that you do in that last raid in Wrath of the Machine mm-hmm. um, where there's just fucking tons of enemies on screen at the same time and the entire team is riding this giant fucking um, like monster machine um, over a cliff and there's just a lot of things happening that just the PS3 and the Xbox 360 were not prepared to run. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jordo also points out that uh, he doesn't think either Microsoft or Sony allow for content that doesn't run on every version of a console. So while Aztec Cross mentions, like, I'm not, he, he specifically says, like, I'm not talking about the PlayStation 4 Pro or the Xbox One X. They're like, those would probably still support it. It was what he contends. But Jordan is saying kind of the opposite here, which is that he doesn't believe that uh, Sony or Microsoft allows you to do such a thing. Um, but we are coming up pretty damn close to new consoles, like new, all new hardware. Well, maybe who knows? We just went through Gamescom and didn't get in a release date or price for either of them. So I assume we're close, but, uh, you know, it's closer than it has been. Yeah. Um, and that is presumably where, you know, presumably there will be a PlayStation five and an Xbox uh, series X version of destiny. Also the PC version of destiny is I think at this point, far and away the most popular platform for the game. Uh, I don't know if I don't have any data to back that up. I, that is a thing that I am, I am kind of like vaguely remembering being said at one point, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, steam is the most popular platform for the game at this point. So that, you know, even if it did, leap platforms altogether that wouldn't affect PC players. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Weird time. Weird time for Destiny. Weird time for video games in general with the whole what console What a time. Thing. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a gamer. Yeah. What a time to be an epic There's, gamer. Yeah. Uh, I just love to uh, slurp my gamer juice and uh, pwn some noobs, you know? Wow. And all these game companies are like... I've not heard someone say wow. pwn noobs in 20 years. That's that gamer juice. It gets in. Uh, it does get it in, in you. your brain cells. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what <laughs> that's, Zaku, that's the new. Slogan that's what Zaku has pushing. running through their their weird pipes is gamer juice. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what the heart of Dimos beats. It's gamer juice. It keeps it yeah. keeps you going. Um, oh there was God. a reference actually, and I wish I could remember now. In Heart of Dimos, that really felt like oh yeah. No. <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. Um, there's a line when they're talking about the heart. And they're like, if the heart goes down, all of your Tenno power, like the Tenno will be done. And then like Otek is just like, yeah, but imagine how much time we'll have for hobbies. And I was just like, (laughs) that feels like such like a clear, just like comment of like, oh, if you didn't, if you weren't playing this game. Uh, <laughs> your you could, life. Think of how much Duolingo you could slurp down. Think how much Duolingo you could slurp down. You could watch that documentary on left-handed mattress makers. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. There was a. I actually saw some good fan art of that on uh, the Warframe Reddit this morning when I was just trolling through it, and it was just a bunch of pictures of Otak like knitting and drawing oh and um, basket making and stuff. It was cute. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, actually, there is one other major announcement for another live game that I it will be very brief because we don't have any details, but I figure I can slip it in there real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow or no today. If by the time you're listening to this, listeners, um, there's apparently going to be uh, la- a dev diary, which is a thing that they do for all of their major content uh, updates ahead of time for World- Monster Hunter World. Uh, called The Final Stand. Mm-hmm. But apparently, according to a lot of other people, the that's the English version of the name, the English localization. The Japan, If you more directly translate the, the Japanese title of the Dev Diary, it's just called Dev Diary Final. Right, um, yeah. So yeah, kind of implying that this might be the, you know, talk of the last major free update for Monster Hunter World. Yeah, I mean, it's been going for, what, almost two years? Uh, I think it's, yeah, almost two years now. Um, one, almost one year after Iceborne Wow, uh, is where we're at right now. Uh, September, I think, is when uh, Iceborne came yeah, out. Yeah, that sounds so, about right. I think the game itself has actually been running for more than two years, because I think that was a March release. Um, and then Iceborne was September of last year, because it was right by my birthday. Um, which, actually, this is that... The timing perfectly fits because typically Monster Hunter in the past has always done. They do a Monster Hunter game uh, later down the line, kind of inconsistent about how long it takes. But always they would do a G version, which is like a the real version that adds mm-hmm. the, the G rank quests, which is, are now called Master Rank, which is what Iceborne did this time. They just basically took the um, full re-release, the kind of like uh, Pokemon Green or the Pokemon Yellow version to the Pokemon red and blue from before they took that out and just made it an expansion instead. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, in the past, those versions were then supported for basically about a year after launch. Yeah. So the timing lines up. Um, but uh, it's still kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. I like they've said that this was, you know, Iceborne will be the only paid expansion for monster hunter. So it's not like they're going to continue building more on this platform. 
at the same time, uh, speaking of games, I would like to have like just a numerical sequel to Monster Hunter World 2. How exciting that would be. Yeah. What, what would you like to see in such a game? I would. So one of the things that they talk about a lot with Monster Hunter World is that uh, it's very difficult to add new monsters that don't use the same internal skeletons mm. as other monsters. So that's why you get like a lot of Glavinus and Anjanath and Fulgur Anjanath and so on and so forth. Basically just T-Rex shaped. Um, they have very different moves. They have different yeah. like variants and abilities, but they they are basically T-Rexes. Um, I would love if they can just take all those HD assets for all these monsters they already have and then like use that as a starting point, get way fucking weird with the monsters that they introduce, like Nersilla, which is like this big giant spider that has a bunch of sharp like stalagmites on its back mm. that it uses to like skewer other monsters. And then it, their skin, uh, their rotten skin basically like spreads over the crystal on its back and acts as like armor and uh, that you have to like peel off so you can crack the crystals Gross. on its back. Is it cool? Yeah. Uh- <laughs> well, see the problem is they would have to get Andy circus back in the studio to mocap all those other monsters oh, right. to do all, yeah, to make yeah. all their bones, just get Andy circus crawling around like a big spider. <laughs> Yeah, just crawl around like a big spider. He attaches like kind of like goes to a uh, like a Halloween store, attaches like two spider arms beneath his ar- regular <laughs> arms, just wiggles around a lot. Um, monsters like that. Monsters like Najarala, which is just a big giant snake. Hmm. Um, monsters like uh, Lagaya Cruz, which is so in Monster Hunter World right now, you can't they've said that you can't do Lagaya Cruz because uh, Lagaya Cruz is a monster from Monster Hunter World or from Monster Hunter 3 that Monster Hunter 3 had underwater levels and mm. swimming and stuff. Um, and Lagaya Cruz, you don't have to swim to fight Lagaya Cruz, but Lagaya Cruz has a bunch of abilities that are tied to jumping into large bodies of water and attacking you from uh, like on the shore. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just no the environments in Monster Hunter World don't allow for that because there's no large bodies of water yeah. that would make that work. Um, more stuff like that, just more variety in like the kinds of monsters you're facing and not just a bunch of big dragons, uh, would be really cool. Uh, better online, like truer online support would be amazing. Mm. Um, so you're not just like doing this whole sort of like Capcom street fighter style lobby system where it's always been kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, never been a huge fan of it. It's once you get used to it, it's fine, but it's never been optimal. Um, a third thing just to have a third one in there, make a nice round number. Um, I would really like to see, uh, Majordo says more costumes for the handler. There's so many <laughs> already. <laughs> you can make her look like Mr. X from Resident Evil 2. Uh, uh, we'll get at least one more, uh, costume for her because there's uh, at least one more, uh, seasonal event coming up soon. They always add one. Um, honestly, like things like the, like the handler, like the, like the characters having a little bit more of a story and like delving deeper into Mm -hmm. like the lore of the monster hunter world would be kind of cool to me. Uh, I'd be down for that. There, there's some really good deep lore in like a lot of the art books for monster hunter where they talk about things like the equal dragon weapon, um, which is a very cool concept, which is this big fucking horrible, like cybernetic undead dragon that humans made 10,000 years ago, uh, to fight their wars for them. Uh, but they had to, in order to make it, they had to kill 100 dragons and like use their corpses to make this big dr- giant dragon Gundam thing for them. Uh, that's cool. Um, 
for this upcoming update, um, the big fan theory right now is that the new monster that we're going to get is going to be Fatalis, which is uh, actually a monster that is tied pretty deeply into that lore. Um, and during the 15th anniversary Monster Hunter kind of celebration thing, they showed some very high res art of a Fatalis. Mm. And everybody's like, well... They wouldn't make that character model. They wouldn't make that those art assets for Fatalis if they weren't going to put him in the game. So, sure, yeah, yeah, it's kind of my thought cool. right now. So. Well, speaking of final updates, uh, yeah. this is going to be our final update for a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Numbers go up is going on hiatus as we it's going into the Destiny content, going vault. into the fanbite content vault, the SCV. <laughs> it's a new system. We're very excited about this new acronym. Uh, we're going to use it as much as possible. And uh, yeah, we are reworking some stuff. We are uh, look yeah. looking at our uh, our podcast offerings and uh, we're, we're figuring some things out. And the thing is, we have another podcast that talks about uh, games of the role-playing variety called 99 Potions. Yeah, and uh, Stephen is on that, and it also features uh, Fanbyte. Uh, what is John's title even now? Editor at large. Editor at title. large, John Warren, and uh, what is Natalie's title? Does Natalie have a title? Featured contributor. Featured I think? contributor, chief role player in chief, <laughs> uh, and uh, that's a really fun podcast where you can hear all about. Uh, uh, role-playing games, and uh, I expect that Steven will be talking about your Warframes and your Monster Hunters and so forth mm -hmm. on there. Uh, yeah, that and Fanwidth, That too, and Fanwidth. We will be moving a lot of the Destiny and Warframe discussion back to Fanwidth for the time being, and uh, yeah. we're going to figure out what we're going to do. So uh, this isn't to say that this podcast is going away forever, um, but it is going away for the foreseeable future, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I think we just kind of, yeah, like between schedules and just re the redundancy yeah, of other shows yeah. and stuff like that. This was just, yeah. we're, uh, they, this is not, nobody's forcing us <laughs> uh, from on high to yeah. do this. This is a decision. Yeah. 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 No, Jordo says that we're reworking numbers go up so we can have a hundred hosts on at once. Uh, <laughs> which go. is, yeah. So yeah, basically, um, we are, it's likely that we will be starting some new podcasts over the next uh, couple of months. And uh, mm -hmm. in order to sort of redirect our energies, we are uh, going to wind numbers go up. No, we're going to wind the numbers down for now, mm. uh, but at least let them plateau. At least let them plateau. Yeah. But uh, the, the headline is that if you like the stuff we talk about on the show, it's going to be going back to fan width and 99 potions. So if you don't subscribe to those shows yet, if you're if you don't subscribe to Fanwidth, but you do subscribe to this show, I think that you are a unique person in the world because I don't think that I'm not sure who you are, but bless you. But you should subscribe to Fanwidth because it's a great show. We talk about all kinds of games and um, we uh, we stopped talking about Destiny and stuff on that show because it was all we were talking about for a while. But I think we've matured since then and we can handle. Yeah. Uh, we can we can talk about it in conjunction with other great games like um, Space Invaders. Uh, mm -hmm. 
Okay, but seriously though, the space Mr. Do? Seriously, the Space Invaders collection coming out for Switch does look pretty fucking sick. <laughs> it does look pretty good though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, um yeah, thanks for joining us. Go to fanbite.com yeah. slash podcasts for all those shows I mentioned and more. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. You can follow Steven on Twitter at Steven Straw. I'm on Twitter at yeah. Merrick K. Uh, go check out our Discord too. Um, fanbyte.com slash Discord. Fanbyte.casa oh. is the Discord link. <laughs> uh, we made a fun little link there with a, a fun top level domain that you can check out and join our Discord and uh, chat with other fun loving gamers in your area. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, sharing of pet pics in there mm. sometimes. Uh, maybe not as much as in the nascent days of the Discord, but that still happens. Um, uh, right, yeah, no. I mean, that's sort of early uh, early Discord behavior. Is just You need that growth period <laughs> of pet pics to establish mm-hmm. a community. <laughs> um, but uh, there's still some good ones. And uh, yeah, people. there's a whole bunch of fun stuff happening in there. Um, people do uh, weekly... Uh, weekly oh yeah programming like there's like games and like uh like learning sessions and stuff it's very cool there's a whole bunch of cool stuff happening in there i don't even know about a lot of it so um yeah. check it out and um what else oh thank you to jordan mallory our producer uh on this and our other shows and um oh oh also this weekend if you're listening to this on friday August the 27th, 28th. Ooh, yeah. uh, this weekend is the Fanwith 24 non-consecutive hour stream uh, for charity. It is a, uh, a stream that our intern, uh, Ren, has put together as her final project. And uh, it's going to be raising money for the bail project. And, yes, uh, it's very exciting. That starts at 1 p.m. on Saturday, August 29th, Eastern Time. It kicks off with Eastern with the Halo Hour with John, <laughs> Ren, and Nikki, and then features all kinds of stuff, all kinds of great guests. Um, we've got folks from uh, we, oh, we yeah. got Giant Bomb people, we got uh, Gama Sutra people. Uh, who else? Uh, SB Nation. Kofi from SB, SB Nation, Nation is there. Uh, Elise from the Washington Post, I want to say. She's where she worked for. Yeah, yeah. all kinds of fun stuff. So um, I'm going to be playing a bunch of kart racers. Run button. Yeah. Uh, with Run, uh, Friends at the table. Yeah, Jordo and I are going to be playing some uh, some kart racers at, uh, at midnight. Uh, we're going to be playing some Garfield Kart Furious Racing. So uh, <laughs> that's going to be... They got multiplayer that they one. Got, they put multiplayer. They, they cracked it. They figured out how to make two Garfields at once. And um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be trying to raise some money for the bail project. Um, I'm so excited. Which uh, provides free bail assistance. Uh, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. So yeah, uh, do check that out. And uh, if you missed it, if you're listening to this later, then uh, there's probably some videos of it archived somewhere. So, oh, yeah, go, I'm going to make sure we archive the sucker. Go root around on the website, find those. And uh, if you like them, then please do donate to the bail project. Yeah. Anything else? Absolutely. Uh, just hope everybody's doing OK out there right now. I hate to take away a show that um, anybody likes right now at this time, especially when everything is just seems like it's uh, 
worse every day for a lot of people out there. But also at the same time between like this 24 hour stream and some of the things being done with like, say, the NBA and the WNBA, um, some of the things being done around that really just goes to show that like people do come together and like, you know, in a time of crisis, the the larger group of people is always the one that, that is, uh, you know, out there doing good stuff. And uh, I appreciate people listening to this show um, and sticking with us uh, when there's a lot of other, you know, very important stuff going on. Yeah. So um, until next time, whenever that may be, keep those numbers going up. Yeah.